Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, and he keep... fell into a stampede of antelopes. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like that documentary you watched, right? Coffee Poached Egg Boys here. Hi, everybody. Welcome to 2021. Uh, the new Lore Boys podcast we've rebranded. We're now the Coffee Poached Egg Boys. Uh, we still do the exact same thing. We're still the internet's number one fake history podcast. Uh, and we're bringing to you the uh, hottest and spiciest forgotten stories from fiction. I'm your host, Ethan Palmer. With me is... James Miller. And you know what? You've heard of one pot recipes or one pan recipes. Why not have a one cup breakfast and just crack an egg into your boiling hot coffee? Just get it all done with one one sip. James Miller. <laughs> and? And Peter O'Donoghue. New year, new phone. That's all the personal growth I'm willing to do this year. So, For anyone curious about the rebranding, we are, of course, brought to you by Folgers. Folgers for people who want to fuck their sister. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dude brand risk that was your resolution not to be a brand risk <laughs> uh, my uh, i mean my resolutions i'm never able to hold them so i like to just break them early and then you know yeah, you don't yeah, have to worry right. about it so much yeah that, that's how you, just that's like how you, we break our eggs early in the morning right into our cup that's the, be- the best part of waking up is an egg in your folgers cup right <laughs> <laughs> folgers tastes like shit but it's cheap uh, <laughs> I bought some at Canadian Tire yesterday for like eight bucks. Why are you going to a tire shop to buy? <laughs> anyway, I don't think we have to get into it. <laughs> uh, hi, everybody. Uh, welcome back. We're obviously having a fun time today because we've been on hiatus for two weeks. Uh, sorry for the no show last week. Or actually, you know what? I'm not sorry. Uh, it was a much needed break. Uh, we deserved it. Uh, we pamper ourselves from time to time, okay? We yeah. all got together. Uh, we completely violated every quarantine protocol known. Um, we wore cucumbers on our eyes, uh, we had a face peel, uh, and we painted each other's toenails. I didn't even raid in World of Warcraft, so it was really a break. Damn, dude. I'm telling you. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's serious. Uh, so this week on The Lore Boys, not the, uh, I don't even remember what I called it, Poached Egg Boys? Poached Coffee Egg Boys Co- or some shit? Coffee yeah. Poached Eggs? Uh, <laughs> 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 coffee Poached Eggs podcast. Uh, if anybody wants that one, you can have it. Uh, we're continuing, so this episode we're continuing from my last episode, uh, which was released on December 9th. Um, if you haven't listened to that one, this episode may be enriched by it. Uh, we may have ended on a quote-unquote cliffhanger at the end of the last one, so uh, listening to this one out of order will, I guess, kind of spoil that for you. Um, enrich your experience in the same way you can enrich a cup of coffee with a raw egg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Are we also in the pocket of like Burnbray Farms or something? Why? What, what's with the eggs? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I, I mean, I don't care who we sell out to as long as it's breakfast. Sure. Is yeah. Frank is my thing. It's what <laughs> I said from the beginning, and it's what I'm holding to now. Uh, try to spice up your breakfast routine. Routine. Try an ostrich egg. Oh uh, man, you need a bigger <laughs> cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when I, when I when I enjoy Folgers, I enjoy straight out of the pot. Yep. 
Okay. Well, my doctor said I can only have one cell in my coffee every morning, exactly. so I picked the biggest one. The biggest one I can <laughs> have. Uh, that's a fun fact about eggs. Uh, single cell. That'll teach him from not also being a zoologist. <laughs> Dumb doctor. Should have known better than to fuck <laughs> with me. Um, yeah, so th- this episode will stand well enough on its own. Uh, there's going to be... For you boys, this is a note for you boys. And I, we're not going to take this out in post, so everybody gets a little behind the scenes here. Uh, there's going to be a lot of names. I'm going to try and highlight the names that are more important. Um, I left a lot of them in because it's kind of a fan service for the people who know Magic the Gathering and might recognize some of the card names uh, as characters, uh, which is really what these Magic the Gathering episodes are all about. Uh, so December 9th, 2020, uh, where were you guys? You guys were sitting uh, where you're sitting now, actually. Uh, and we were talking about Elspeth Tyrell, uh, somebody that we had kind of talked about before. Um, during her episode, we talked a bit about uh, a couple of other characters. Why don't we uh, start with a recap? What do you guys remember from the last time I hosted the Lore Boys? Okay. 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 Uh, I remember okay. my breakfast was way too slow. Like, there were so many steps. And I'm glad that I shedded those extra steps yeah. in this new year. Yeah, yeah. That, was th- that was December 9th, Jamie. That was not yeah. uh, January 4th, 2021, Jamie. Yeah, that's right. Or January 6th, 2021? Something like that. So who yeah, is actually, who is Elspeth? Where was she born? What, w- what, was her, what were her formative years like? She was in a green land. At, part Be- of it was green. Before that. So she was born to a, an unnamed world overrun by Phyrexian horrors, right? Sorry, that was, I wanted to answer, oh, but I am yeah. stopping someone from barging into my apartment because I'm fucking busy. Uh, <laughs> Michael Richards, not now. Yeah, <laughs> I never uh, wanted yeah. you to come over in the first place, not after she, that incident. She was like a... The plaything of like these Phyrexian horrors. She was thrown into a cell and she yeah. was... She yeah. was hurt. They, the Phyrexians had enslaved the humans in that area or on the, in that plane of existence and used them as like experiment fodder or like uh, things to just torture eternally and fuck around with and have as support animals so they could get on yeah. Phyrexian metros with their cats. Yeah, Elspeth specifically was a Phyrexian support animal where uh, she lived in an asylum uh, and was basically just, her job was just when the Phyrexian... Like she lives in a Phyrexian asylum, so the Phyrexian would just take it out on her whenever it needed uh, needed an outlet. <laughs> she wears she wears a life vest that says "Do not gnaw on me, I'm working" or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then she uh, planes walked for a bit. Um, planes walking is the act of traveling between the multiverse and the Magic the Gathering. Uh, we've talked about it a lot on this show at this point, so I, I won't dig too much into it. It's basically magic puberty. We're going to talk about it again today. We're going to talk about another planeswalker, actually two planeswalkers getting their sparks, uh, which is going through magic puberty. I think that's what we call it on the show. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, Then she ended up on a, she eventually ended up on a place called Bant. That was one shard of Alara. Uh, There was like a magic maelstrom. There was an invading force from the black shard of Alara, Grixis, uh, that she ended up trying to repel. Uh, in the end, though, she felt the battle was uh, hopeless and that there would always be evil in the world and that everything she grew to know on Bant, which was uh, all virtue and nobility and angels uh, ruling over people with uh, divine grace, uh, would always succumb to just overwhelming forces of darkness, which is probably a theme to her early life in a world enslaved by horrible Phyrexian monsters, right? Yeah. 
And uh, she grew up, the, the planet, or Bant, the plane that she was on was like all angels and ivory towers. Everything's very clean and orderly, right? Because exactly. like blue, white, or white, blue rather was, was the aspect of the plane or the main colors. It was, just are like order so and intelligence. When Elspeth was there, it was just white. Um, oh, okay. All the, the five shards represent the five colors of magic. So there's white, blue, uh, black, red, green. Uh, each kind of having a different personality attached to it where white is absolutely order. Um, and when they all split off, they were completely unique just to their one color, and you could only access that kind of mana on that shard, uh, and you couldn't access any of the other, other kinds. So the only uh, mana she ever had access to was white mana. Right. Eventually, as the conflux happens and the shards get closer again, some of the other forces start to seep back in. Bant remains white, blue, green, which are, are typically considered um, more, I guess, good, less chaotic, less death-driven uh, colors essentially yeah because it's like order wisdom and life right are those colors more uh, or less yeah essentially yeah okay yeah it's uh very smart plants is what they were growing yeah but <laughs> smart smart enough to know to grow in a straight line corn no, that's it yeah. it's it's all corn as far as you can see oh uh, good <laughs> <laughs> hey guys you think corn grows in a straight line naturally or is that like did we do that or just corn I is the corn doing that i figured i i'm sure <laughs> I tell you, scientists these days, they can figure out anything. <laughs> yeah. Corn scientists, especially. They're corn. the brightest among us. Corn scientists. And instead of stirring your coffee with a spoon, you just put a cob of corn in there and then some extra nutrients, right? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, okay. So a planeswalker that we ended up talking about on the last episode was uh, Johnny Goldman. Uh, he crash landed onto Bant for a while and was taken care of by Elspeth. Before he left and told her, hey, you're going to eventually have to face this war, blah, blah, blah. She said, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to stay here and bant. Eventually, the war came to bant, uh, and then she got disheartened and left. And then uh, he comes back towards the the end of last week's episode. Or not last week's episode. What's his name again? Ajani. Okay, I'm picturing the Keanu Reeves from Cyberpunk, because playing too much of that over the holiday. Johnny Silverhand? <laughs> yeah, what's he look like? He's a lion man, isn't he? Yeah. He's like a cat guy? Yeah, yeah, he's okay. exactly a lion man. Uh, okay. we'll, we'll get into that. So the next line I have written is a Johnny is a Nakatl, uh, which is a lion person, uh, also known as Leonin. Uh, Nakatl is, I guess, a specific, uh, ethnicity of lion man. Um, okay. Do they have like tiger men and panther boys and all that shit. There, there certainly is in an infinite multiverse. Am I right? Okay. There's yeah. uh, <laughs> there yeah. little, uh, little baby tabby boys that you can snuggle up with. Yeah. Um, Noteworthy about Ajani is that he is exceptionally albino, which is considered a curse among his people. Uh, so he is stark golden white, um, which is uh, considered um, close to death or the color of death. Um, okay. White as death is, I believe, the uh, canonical stigma. Um, so he also notably only has one eye. Uh, he lost another one in some kind of conflict. Uh, okay, that was going to be my follow-up question. Like, do they have two these fantasy yeah. race of cats? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's picture a lion's head in your in your head, mane and all, yeah. beautiful mane. Got that all locked that all in. Get mm -hmm. the strong muscular form of let's say Henry Cavill, but maybe a okay. little maybe a little taller. They're quite tall these things. Maybe like seven eight feet tall. Um, and then give them give Henry Cavill uh fur to match the mane and some claws at the end of his hands, and you pretty much have. Anacatl. 
Henry Cavill once um, almost missed an audition because he was trying to play World of Warcraft for pretty that's, much the same person. That's true. His Superman yeah. audition. Uh, yeah. And you missed the audition for, uh, what was it, Big Toe in the Butt Flap? <laughs> <laughs> that's a radio show. Don't leak that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Coming uh, <laughs> 2021. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's my resolution is to fuck up brands and stuff, right? That's that's what we said? Um, yeah. <laughs> So um, Johnny only has one eye, so he lost another eye in, in some sort of conflict, but there's no canon way in which he lost that eye. There's no canon explanation for it. The first time he shows up in the book Flight of the White Cat, he's already missing the eye. That said, I'm fine saying that uh, we pick an event from his early life in this uh, episode, and we say that that's how he lost his eye. Uh, so I'll let you guys okay. decide if you if you want to pick an event, and if you guys don't, then we can say he just was always blind in one eye. Okay. I think it was from a canon, and that way it's a canon reason. Oh, very good, very good. Yeah. Uh, he put his he t- cut out his eyeball to put it into a cannon to fire at an enemy. He was right. doing a silent film, basically. He's a Charlie Chaplin of his plane, so he was just like, it was jammed, and he was like, oh, I got to check, and looked d- directly down the barrel of the cannon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pete, can I just say, inside baseball here for the listeners at home, you did a great job muting your mic when your fiance came in, but by God, you have a squeaky door. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that what happened? <laughs> uh, so, uh, Ajani is uh, white as death. Um, so, of course, he is uh, the subject of fantasy racism, um, where his people don't really like him around all that much. Uh, he was Aren't th- lions like blonde. It's like barely even a difference. No, it's like if you got a tan. <laughs> they're they're all, a lot of them are, are portrayed as like pure black or uh, okay. reddish. There's like other colors, but uh, white specifically is considered bad because just like real life racism, there's no fucking reason for it. Okay, uh, yeah. So uh, Johnny was stigmatized, spent much of his life as an outcast with his Leonin pride rejecting him, not his uh, his pride, but uh, like a lion pride, a pride of lions. Uh, I use that word a lot in this, and I realized how confusing it was when I was like, getting to the end. I'm like, I'm not going into replace it all. Right. So uh, I know what you guys are thinking. If he was such an outcast, how did he remain among his pride for all this time? Well, it turns out his brother, older brother, uh, Leonin named Jazal, uh, was still treated with respect uh, amongst the tribe. Uh, it's unclear what happened to the brother's parents, Um but Jazal did do his best to watch out for Johnny as they were growing up. So he's kind of like, a, you know, the big brother father figure kind of thing. Um, it was Jazal's attention uh, to Johnny that likely allowed him to even remain with his people because Jazal was kind of like the, the, the real Chad of the group, I guess you could say. Uh, is there like such a thing as an alpha lion? I don't think so because usually there's only one male. Yeah, but I think they fight each other, don't the? Don't you have like solo like drifter Chad lions yeah. come try and fuck up the pride, and then oh, act you definitely kid? do, you definitely do. Yeah. Dude, there's a documentary, and I cannot rem- remember the name of it, but they tracked like five different lions that like teamed up and just took over this huge part of the territory, and they followed the whole thing, and it's really interesting. And someone needs to tell me what the name is on Twitter, but <laughs> it, it's it was it's really really cool. Lion uh, King one and a half. Uh, I was gonna say the Lion King. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm glad we're both there. Um, I, I that's how I remember it going anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Jazal is well liked, well liked enough that people will put up with a Johnny. 
Um, they tolerated I'll, I'll him. My little brother, just because he's a freak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day society can go to the point where we can stop calling him a freak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just before I get too far from it, Brothers in Blood: The Lions of Sabi Sand. It's a powerful documentary filmed over 16 years span with the rise of a coalition of six lions. Damn. And yeah, it, it's really cool. I watched it before. That sounds really cool. Check that out. Uh, the darkness about lions who eat railway workers or something like that. Yeah, that's a movie though, and based on a true story, a fantastic yeah. movie. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, all-time favorite at the Palmer household. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, so a Johnny is tolerated so long as his brother continues to serve the pride in the fantastic ways that a Chad does do. Even when Jazal okay. eventually becomes the leader of his people, um, though, they continue to barely tolerate the pariah Ajani. So he becomes the uh, de facto leader of the, the pride, known as the Ka, Um and even then, people are kind of like, well, you're cool, but your brother still weirdly pale. Uh, yeah. Which is enough to I hate understand it. we're all inbred because of <laughs> royalty. And he's, I don't know, he's got that, like, he's got that Habsburg chin, which is really fucking <laughs> yeah. <his> stuff right <laughs> um, You sucked your chin in when you were doing the Habsburg chin, but really, you should have pushed it out. It was to make it look fatter. Okay, sure. You're I'm going using to, my neck meat as a prop. You're going lateral, not long, long, longitudinal. Yeah. Um, so perhaps trying to help Ajani's image, but maybe also exacerbating things. Jazal and Ajani got matching but mirrored axes. Uh, Jazal's was a black iron, and Ajani's was bone white. I don't know if this was like um, you know, a Tyrion Lannister in season one of uh, Game of Thrones, where he's like, "Oh, you know, be let your your disfigurement be the armor that you wear." But he's like, "I'm yeah. gonna get uh, oh, brother, you got a cool black axe. I'm gonna get a bone white one to surely stand out more." Ajani, <laughs> <laughs> um, notably different due to his bone white fur, was also unique in his ability to manipulate soul magic. Uh, he could see the very essence of people's spirits and call that forth to manifest it. So he could be like, uh, I see Peter. Uh, I'm going to pull out his his soul. And then uh, the spirit of a big toe would appear. And he'd be like, I see Jamie. And he'd pull out Jamie's soul and uh, the spirit of a big butt flap would appear, you know? Yeah. You got to stop spoiling all of our new shows, buddy. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got over this, I think, three times at this point. My new thing is uh, rooting brand recognition and marketing attempts. Right. So... Uh, <laughs> If you got a secret, don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even sell it. I'll just fucking give it away for free. I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, so this earned him, uh, this earned Ajani, of course, none of the pre- prestige that Jazal thought it should. Uh, Ajani continued to simply accept that uh, his worth to the pride uh, was low just to keep his brother out of trouble. So he's like, hey, everybody, I could do this cool thing where I can like make spirits of people's souls appear to do things. And Jazal is like, Everybody, look at this cool thing that my brother could do. You know, the guy you all called a freak. And they're like, wow, what a freakish thing to do. And, <laughs> and, and Johnny was just like, it's okay, big bro. They're right. That is freakish. Yeah. I, I won't do it in public. I'm king <laughs> because of power, not because of marketing prowess, clearly. Because everything <laughs> yeah. I can try to do uh, just makes you more of an outcast, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a terrible, terrible agent, and I'm so sorry. Yeah, he's the, uh, if the... Leon and Pride was a podcast. He'd be the Ethan of the podcast, constantly reading <laughs> <laughs> Johnny's brand recognition. Uh, despite all the ways that Johnny and Jazal attempted to restore his reputation, Johnny was only able to make a single friend, a shaman of the Nakatol known as Zaliki. Um, so maybe just the fact that he could do cool magic. She was one of the, the Leon and the Nakatol who was like, you know what? 
That's kind of all right. I can kind of see past this weird color of your skin thing. It's hard, honestly. <laughs> it's it's hard. Yeah, yeah. Just don't touch me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll um, get to the shaking hands in public thing later. Yeah. Just yeah. Keep keep with the ghost tricks. No, no, we could be friends. Hang out? Uh, sure. Let me just put some paper down on the couch. <laughs> 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 uh, that's terrible. Uh, Johnny would spend his youth a pariah, constantly bullied and outcast, and would take what time he could to hang out with Zaliki and study the magic of the multiverse together. Now, is Zaliki a planeswalker or, like, lightly magic in some way? She's, or to... she's magic. She's magic. So you oh. don't have to be a planeswalker to be magic. Being a planeswalker just means you're a powerful enough wizard to ignite the planeswalker spark. That, so that I knew. I just wanted to know, like, she uses Leonin-specific magics. Yeah, she uses, well, like, all magic is the same. It's pulled from the land. So okay. uh, they're probably pretty, uh, on Naya, they're green. So she's probably green magic. She grows corn in straight lines, basically. And hey. she's just like, ooh. No, no, she grows corn, but not in straight lines. Because the white is what makes them straight lines. Because it's order. Oh, no order. That's we, true. We had a whole conversation about this. I don't remember Sorry. why corn is the smartest vegetable. But we all, I think we also established a reason why corn is the smartest vegetable. Put that yeah. on a piece of corn. Put that on a piece of corn and then dunk it in your coffee to stir up that poached egg. Uh, yep. <laughs> Uh, so all of this relative quiet of uh, being bullied and the subject of, of racism was, of course, shattered one day uh, when before a feast celebration, Ajani is like, okay, I finally got to figure it out. I know it's going to make everyone stop hating me. Big feast tomorrow. I'm going to go on a hunt. I'm going to show everyone my worth to the pride. I'm going to get something real good, real big turkey to bring back. And everyone's going to be like, hell yeah, Johnny. You know what? You're cool now. <laughs> He kills a mouse and leaves. <laughs> he kills a mouse and leaves it on your porch. Yeah, leaves it on the doorstep. <laughs> uh, well, no, because he's a lion, not a cat. So what he would actually do is get the women of the pride to go hunt for him, and then he would just <laughs> just claim that it was his, right? Okay. Yes, that's true. Because uh, male lions don't hunt. There's your lion fact of the day. Yeah. I looked up a picture of him, and I would not call him any bad names. He looks very ripped and huge. Oh, he's ferocious, yeah. Yeah. I, I'd let him be the big spoon, though. He looks like he gives good hugs. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. He's a great cuddler. Soft fur. Yeah. But if everybody is like a shredded lion man, that's probably why they're still racist at him. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. I mean, he is, I think, by definition, because, we, I mean, spoiler alert, he becomes a planeswalker. Uh, so we know that he's like definitely the strongest of them, or at least one of the yeah. strongest of them. Wow. Uh, but he, so he goes on this hunt and he's like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to prove my worth. I'm going to prove that I'm stronger than everyone. I'd make a great big spoon. That's what he sets out to do. Uh, he manages. Since we know he gets a spark, we also know he's on a collision course with trauma at some point. So I'm just. At some point. At some point. This mine cart is on rails, my friend. Uh, and the brakes have been cut. Oh no. Oh no! Uh, so he manages to defeat a beast known as a god sire. Uh, it's a massive four-tusked mammal which stands as tall as trees. Um, so it's a pretty big, pretty big deal. Of all things to kill, you know, somebody's like, "Hey, I brought back this mouse. I left it on the doorstep." Somebody else is like, "Hey, got my wife to catch a gazelle," and he's like, "I brought uh, home this thirty-ton mammal with like four giant tusks that come out of its lower jaw." Uh, <laughs> you know. Wasn't this like another story that we did? Like they had to go and hunt the biggest thing and bring it home. It was, and then uh, the guy was Warhammer, on the cliff. Warhammer 40k, the salamanders, salamanders. of the right. yeah. um, right. uh, We say we say it a lot, but uh, everything is derivative. 
there's just uh, there's nothing original in fiction anymore. I'm, I'm especially convinced. us. Especially us. Yeah. <laughs> what three? What, what's more unique than three white men doing a podcast? Come on. And talk, using other people's stories. No <laughs> <laughs> Mental health is slow or expensive. This is all we got. <laughs> uh, pretty much. Um, send your hate mail to contact at loreboys.com. Uh, so, <laughs> to a Johnny's continued chagrin after he uh, downs the godsire, the greatest of his persecutors, a Leonin named Tinoch, would steal his kill. Uh, Tinoch is one of those names that you don't really have to remember. It's just it's his rival. Uh, a Johnny still weakened from his battle with the godsire was an e- easy target for his bully, of course. Uh, he was savagely beaten, uh, a punishment that would eventually escalate after the white white cat clumsily revealed his ability to see into the souls of others so he's like getting his ass kicked and he's like you're just a bully and then the other lion's like the fuck did you just say how did you know that about me could you see into my soul can you see can you see who i am deep inside (laughs) you Uh, dropped your cub on its head (laughs) uh, and then i like to think that i like to think that it was this fight that ended up costing a johnny his eye um, but I don't know if this is canonically in the books. He's already blind in one eye or he's already lost one eye. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, my lore boys canon, having not read the books, mostly just read the wiki page. Um, I'm going to say that this is where he lost his eye. Okay. He, he was left to drag himself back to the feast, uh, keeping his peace for the sake of his brother and the tribe. So he shows back up at the feast and his Chad brother is just like chatting up some female lionesses, you know, it's like, yeah, so, you know. You know, this mouse, who was surprisingly difficult to catch, they're extremely <laughs> cunning. And I got this thorn in my paw, and oh, shit, a Johnny, what happened to you, man? And a Johnny's, <laughs> like, Johnny's like, fell down the stairs. He's like, you just came, you just came out of the forest. What are you talking about, bro? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. It's fine. I'm going to go to my room. Uh, you found a staircase out in the forest. <laughs> straight down it. <laughs> I fell down the stairs and hit my face on a doorknob. Uh, um... So that night, after the revelries had died down, a dark figure stole through the sleeping pride. They dropped a vessel of dark magic into the fire, and shades burst forth to attack the tribe. During the attack, Jazal was slain in his own lair with his own black axe, the dark twin to Ajani's own. Uh, Coming across the body and gripping it, Ajani heard Jazal's voice, and when he opened his eye, he was no longer on Naya. (gasps) Oh, his the okay. So like, I, I just because I guess this is the reverse of uh, Ghost in the Darkness. Val Kilmer came into the camp and <laughs> started murdering lion people. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> that's like such a great reference to like a 1990s movie that I'm sure two percent of our listener, our admittedly small listener base, has actually seen. So I love it. Well, it's it's very good. Uh, <laughs> But so the trauma of his brother dying is what cast him out into the the planes walking, yeah, right? Exactly. That, so that, this was his planeswalker spark, his magic puberty. Uh, he he had his wet his magic wet dream uh, while he was holding his his brother's dead body in his in his arms. Okay. Yeah. I, I looked up the god sire, the thing that he went out and hunted, and it's mass. It's like an eight eight beast on most of the cards, mm. and there might be some overlap with like League of Legends somehow too, because. One of the flavor texts is like when Summoner's Rift was constructed, the Baron vanished, leaving no conclusive evidence as to where he went or why he left in the first place. And it goes on for a little while. And- uh, the, I mean, there's a lot of ways to make uh, like custom Magic the Gathering cards. So that might be like somebody 
added that to uh, uh, a magic card. It's like a fun okay. thing to do that you can do in your own time. You can like make your own magic cards. You can add your own like slogans and stuff. To oh, it. this is a Pinterest. Yeah. Google images uh, tricked me again. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, well, you lost your, your your touch with pulling up clips. What yeah, is yeah. this? <laughs> right to Pinterest to you fuck know, up. You know what? Why don't you just go back to the JRE show, dude? I, I mean, yeah, clearly, yeah, yeah. clearly you're not Lower Boys Caliber anymore or uh, Poached Coffee egg, coffee poached Eggs Boys, boys yeah. Caliber. I can go over there and get some three-head takes on wearing masks and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> um... I like wearing masks, but I can't take DMT when I do it. Um, so Ajani uh, gets his Planeswalker Spark. He would awake not that far, considering, you know, Elspeth uh, awoke on Theros, the land of Greek gods, and a lot of uh, people end up really far from where they started. He awakes on Jund, so another shard of Alara. Uh, this was, I'll give you guys uh, one guess each of which color this is. You know it's not two of them. Really, three of them. I mentioned three of them on this episode, so you, it's really a 50-50 here. Jund. Jund. Maybe Yund. I don't know if the J is silent. That's purple. Is- <laughs> it, is the, it is the plane of one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eaters. <laughs> Find that card. Um, <laughs> I bet you there is one. <laughs> is, is it blue? Is it the blue one? I'll guess green. I was going to say blue, but I'll say green. Okay, well, green is Naya, the plane that we've been on this whole time. Oh, so Jamie's Jamie's just called green plane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you take uh, your original guess, though, Jamie, purple, and subtract Peter's color, then you get the actual red. color that it is. So it is red. red. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're on the red shard of Alara, and a Johnny uh, meets a pl- a red planeswalker known as Sarkan Vol. Again, a name that you guys don't need to know, but you know, some people at home will be like, who don't know this story, will be like, oh, cool, I know Sarkan Vol. He's the dragon guy. Uh, Listen, I had a dream. I need somewhere to hide these soiled underpants. And yeah. Can... <laughs> yeah. Do you have a waste bin and a washroom? <laughs> <laughs> He's still all like black eyed and like all meek from the bullying in the forest. Like... Uh, so he meets so this red plate. Sorry? So Sarkan is this guy he runs into? The Sar- Sarkan, Sarkan Vol, yeah. Uh, in Sarkan Vol would teach him, he's a planeswalker himself. So he's like, oh, I see, see you had your magic puberty. Don't worry, kid. We all go through it. Um, here's, you know, here's how you, you just throw your underwear into the blind eternities when you, while you're planeswalking, and then yeah. you just always carry a spare change of underwear with you. If you're, yeah. if, if you're thinking you're gonna have to walk twice, then carry two, you know, simple as that. Uh, <laughs> I want to see the magic card of the guy who's collecting all the soiled underwear. <laughs> <laughs> so, God. Soiled undergarments of the blind eternities is, uh, <laughs> a, a, a mythic rare. Uh, <laughs> Black Lotus guy opens that card with like his little gloves on. He's like, Soiled <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> underwear of the blind eternities. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he teaches him. Uh, Sarkin teaches Ajani how to control his planeswalker spark a little bit better. Uh, he also protects Ajani from the dragon Karthus, who's also known as the tyrant of Jund. So last episode, we talked about a um, a dragon on another shard of Alara. I'll, I'll give you guys a guess. Peter's going to remember because it was part of the title, and he drew the title yeah. card for it. Okay, I'll guess. Dudley. Oh, uh, it's uh, yeah, you were close. It's Puff the Magic. <laughs> yeah, okay. it, it, it was Malfagor. Um, that was just for bonus points. It doesn't really matter. We're not going to talk about Malfagor at all today. Yeah, quick, Just quick recap for me, just to remember his thing. Was he a dragon with the heart of a demon or the other way around? Yeah, he was like, uh, I don't know, just a dragon-demon hybrid of some sort. Cool. Not, not. I don't think we have to go into more detail than that. Uh, but there's another dragon on 
Jund called uh, Karthus, known as the Tyrant of Jund. Uh, but Sarkin was good at uh, deflecting his ire because Sarkin was a scholar of dragons. He was obsessed with them, really. Um, all of his cards are often to do with dragons, so he's usually like a card that you'll play, and it'll be like, oh, every time you play a dragon card, you know this effect happens, or anytime you okay. you know do this, you summon a four-four dragon. As long as he's on the, the battlefield, essentially. Now, did you say he is a dragon himself? He's a dragon planeswalker. He, he no, he's a dragon scholar. Uh, oh, okay. he's a human. He does in some iterations, gaining the ability to shapeshift into a dragon. But I don't oh. think he's a true dragon in any sense. He's just, it's like polymorphing himself, I guess. Okay. Uh, so he's able to keep Karthus away from the fledgling planeswalker who lands on, on Jund. Okay. Um, Johnny, with his newfound ability to planeswalk, goes home. He's like, I, you know, fresh pair of underpants. I got to find my brother's killer now. Uh, so heads back to Jazal's uh, lair where he finds the remnants of his brother's axe. He uh, uses the other axe head to create a new weapon that symbolized his plans for revenge. Uh, if you oh, cool. look up pictures of Ajani, it's he usually has a kind of a long haft, and then at either end of the haft, he has the black blade and the white blade. And that's, oh, that's cool. kind of the weapon that he uses. Yeah, I was going to ask if it was like a yin-yang battle axe, or if it was like a glaive sort of thing. Yeah, kind of like a glaive with, with a blade on both ends. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I think that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's one of those things like a glaive in World of Warcraft is, like you say, it's like double bladed, but like yeah. a, tr- a traditional like medieval weapon glaive is just like a spear with a sword on the end, essentially. Oh, so uh, which is it? It's like the the glaive from World of Warcraft with on both ends, okay. but kind of a it's got like a long like steel shaft in the middle. If you look up a picture of a Johnny, like if you just type a Johnny Goldmaning into Google, it'll probably come up in in one of the first pictures. Uh, of, so he, he got his new axe, at least. He's like, hey, you know, my inheritance. Uh, but of, of Jazal's body, there was no trace aside from the blood scattered across the floor. Uh, he found what had become of Jazal in the pride center where Jazal had been cremated. Uh, he spread Jazal's ashes across his own body and stalked off to confront Tinok, suspecting him responsible for, the, for a mysterious object found in the fire. So if you guys remember, he threw, or the night of the attack, Somebody threw something into the fire and a bunch of shades came out and attacked everybody. So he finds something that that kind of hints at that. And he's like, oh, I think this has something to do with it. Yeah. The DVD, uh, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's it's a CCTV footage of uh, him with a a prostitute in the new Sasha Baron Cohen uh, film. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So he he goes to find Tinoch, the guy who we said is his rival, his, his main bully, his biggest biggest protagonist or antagonist uh he finds tinok overlooking a cliff and after a brief argument in which tinok admitted he respected ajani ajani threatened the other leon by dangling him over the cliff edge he's like you know what i always i always always picked on you dude but kind of begrudgingly respect you he's like well i'm gonna hold you over this cliff and threaten your life uh uh, so as ajani let go however He's like, but bro, I said I respected you. And Johnny's like, I don't care. And just drops him off the cliff. Uh, and he t- fell into a stampede of antelopes. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Simba's laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like that documentary you watch, right? 16 years yeah. in the making. Uh, right, right. Um, uh, as he falls off the cliff, Tinoch, he drags Johnny with him. So Tinoch. that happen? I mean, if Johnny's got hands on Tinoch, I don't see why Tinoch couldn't have hands on Johnny. I yeah, guess. I, I guess maybe just in my head he was holding him out like by his wrists or by his ankles or okay, something. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, I I pictured by the lapels. Okay, uh, yeah, uh, by his 
Letterman jacket that even Lion bullies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so he manages to pull a Johnny down with him. Tenox clothing snags on the cliff, uh, and a Johnny ends up grabbing hold of his foot to try and save himself. So now a Johnny's uh, on the on the lower end of this equation. Um, Ironic, but Tenox manages to dislodge him. Uh, so he he falls uh, uh, seriously, a serious grave fall. Uh, he takes some pretty bad injuries with no other options. Uh, he leaves Jund. He's like, Tenok's going to kill me if he climbs down this cliff. Uh, so he, he vanishes into the blind eternities. Oh, uh, man. Okay. Good thing he practices eeny miny moes, though, and catch that tiger by the toe before he <laughs> fell, <right? laughs> Oh, boy, did he ever, though. <laughs> Um, That's magic he was learning with the uh, with the the witch with the witch lion that he'd been hanging out with. <laughs> um, so he uh, vanishes into a blind eternity. So I'll give you guys a guess where he woke up. Oh, back on Jund or Yund, Jamie. Oh wait, no, no, in the arena with or where that place where she's he's gonna go meet Elspeth. He's crashing on a bant. Exactly. He's yeah. gonna meet Elspeth. So last last episode when we first met a Johnny, it was Elspeth was like dicking around on bant, not really doing anything when this planeswalker like crashed down from the sky and was seriously wounded. Yeah. Uh, so he is ends. It, please, for the love of God, tell me you don't have gorges here that I could be thrown into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have... like no, 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 no gorges. It's 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 a white plane. Everything perfectly flat. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and wildebeest? Do wildebeest stampede here? <laughs> no, they're actually office workers. They're all of all of our accountants are wildebeest. Okay. And what about that? <laughs> and what about that shadowy land over there? You must never go there. Yeah. <laughs> it's Yund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Maybe Grixis. Oh, man. Starting to feel like a cackling hyena now with the three of us. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yo, graveyard or whatever the fuck. <laughs> dibs on Ed. Um, oh, I want to be Whoopi Goldberg. That's fair. Uh, I don't remember the other one. You're Cheech, dude. Cheech Marin. Um, so a Johnny would remain uh, on Bant for two-ish weeks uh, before giving a warning to Elspeth of the coming war and returning to Naya. So we we talked about the last episode. He was just under her care for a bit. He heals fast because he's, I guess, a lion and also a planeswalker. Um, and he, uh, it's white, so white is a lot of healing. Uh, so you know the best healers on Bant manage to tend to him, and he returns to Naya uh, to once more seek out Tenok. His missing eye was a pre-existing condition, though, so they didn't fix that. Yeah, exactly. They were like, "Well, we're gonna have to charge you for it. It's not covered by your insurance. So you don't have yeah. uh, you don't have vision care on here." He's like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> screw it." Uh, <laughs> uh, so he goes looking for Tenok, but he ends up finding uh, someone else instead—a hero of the Nakatl, uh, or uh, the Leonin, named Marisi. Um, Marisi's kind of more important, so we'll we'll talk about him a bit. Um, Centuries ago, Marisi led a civil war that left the Leonin of Naya divided between civilization and the wild. Marisi believed that the Nakatl had grown soft and rebelled against the leaders of Antali, the Nakatl capital. So, centuries ago, hundreds of years ago, well longer than the lifespan of a Leonin ago, um, the Leonin were one, one people, uh, and this civil war kind of broke out uh, headed by Marisi, uh, and it split them into two, the Nakadal and the uh, Cloud Nakadal, I believe they're called, creatively enough, who are just ones who live in the mountains. But they, they hate each other, and there was like a big war between them for like a long time. The rural lions and the urban lions. And yeah. like, no, one way is right. Exactly. They're like, <laughs> no, we should live on mountains where we can catch mountain mice. And they're like, no, we so should I live... Can- 
on the face of a mountain instead of all this vertical corn you've been growing, you barbarian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Marisi also notably destroyed something called the coil, which was uh, the Nakatl had 121 different guiding principles that governed their whole lives. Uh, he was like, that's bullshit. No rock could tell me what to do. So he climbed up to their mountaintop cities uh, and and uh, destroyed the coil. Then he descended to the jungle floor below where his Nakatl lived. Um, until he was left a ruin after the Civil War, which was the capital. Are you uh, just saying curl in a Jersey accent? Uh, I don't... Coil? Coil. <laughs> okay. I thought, you, I thought you were... Anyway, <laughs> I missed that one. Right. Um, I'm not... <laughs> For the record, think of a coil. Right, think of a coil like a uh, mortal coil. Like you're gonna shuffle off if you don't fucking keep this podcast in line, buddy. Uh, <laughs> that was a threat. That was a threat on your life. But this is a satire podcast, so I mean, I can't be convicted. Uh, <laughs> you just have to say in game at the end, like the Twitch TOS. Uh, I'm gonna kill myself in game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Maurice's people became known as the Wild Nakatl. Uh, divided themselves into clans led by a Ka, or a chief, like we we already knew. Uh, the people of Kasali, another mountaintop city, became the Cloud Nakatl and still adhered to the coil. So even though their coil is broken, they're like, we wrote down what it said. The um, rock was just an idea, man. You can't kill that, dummy. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, if you came down and learned how to read, you'd fucking know that. Jesus. <laughs> uh, so now, centuries later, Ajani finds the ancient but hidden leader of his people wise in his years. Marisi pointed Ajani to Nicol Bolas, who said he was behind the death of Jazal. Um, and we do know from the last episode that Nicol Bolas played a part in the Conflux War and the Maelstrom that, that first tore apart Alara and then was slowly reforming it. Um, we really should have assumed, because he's, he's just like the bad guy in MTG. He is, he is. He is absolutely the top bad guy. For a long time, it was Yogmoth, who we've talked about before. Uh, Yogmoth and Yams was our first Magic the Gathering episode. Uh, and, but once they phased out Yogmoth and a lot of things, they brought in uh, Nicol Bolas as the new big baddie. Yeah. Uh, is there like a, a, a play, like instead of PvP, is there like a PvE version of Magic where you could like fight against bosses until you get to Nico Bolas or something like that with your deck? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think there's any kind of yeah. like Slay the Spire-esque deck building game. But okay. maybe. It's a good idea though. Patent pending. Uh, yeah. uh, there's a lot of... Uh, yeah, I don't know if... We, well, we could try Patent Magic the Gathering. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we can get away with it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Pete, you have the experience with the patent office. You've been you've been down there with all the uh, all the new show I- radio show ideas that we've got going on. We're not yeah. we're not patenting something like uh, Big Toe and the Butt Flap. We're patenting the idea of radio shows. Uh, <laughs> we already got coffee post eggs. That's ours. Yeah. What if what if it was like a podcast, but instead of putting it out on the internet, we put it out over shortwave radio? And it was <laughs> cars with commercials. <laughs> yeah. uh, wow. Car not included. Car sold separately. <laughs> Uh, so, um, Mercy, this wise old, uh, creator of his people essentially said, you know what? It was Nicol Bolas who killed your brother. You got to go find him. Uh, and uh, Johnny thinks to himself, well, I don't know much about Nicol Bolas. I'm told he's a dragon and I only know one guy who knows anything about dragons. Sarkhan Vol in Junt, the guy who taught him how to planeswalk essentially. And dispose of soiled underpants. Exactly. Well, the yeah. tomato potato. Uh, yeah. So, so Ajani, Ajani begins walking to Chunt. Uh, however, what he finds is that it's no longer there. 
the conflict oh, drifted. What? The conflicts had begun. So the uh, the shards are starting to break up. The shards are starting to split. Essentially, right. Uh, oh yeah, that'd be a nightmare if you were trying to keep a GPS updated. Is if the entire continent on which you lived was shifting through space at all times. Well, I mean, <laughs> technically every continent is shifting. It's just very slowly. <laughs> well, exactly. But like when I leave my house, my phone doesn't go rerouting uh, for every trillionth of a kilometer that Canada moves. <laughs> yeah. uh, come on, Boreal Shield, baby. Hey! <laughs> Sliding along. Uh, so in the turbulence of the conflux, Johnny attempted to planeswalk to Jund, but he ended up crash landing once more. Uh, he does land in Jund, but he it's kind of a, a rough entrance, I guess you could say. Uh, okay. It brings him into the presence of the uh, of a clan of a clan of humans who live there, uh, known as the clan Nell Toth, uh, and their leader Kresh. Once more, don't need to remember Kresh's name. Uh, it's just uh, he's a card in Magic Gathering. So if you want, you can look up what he looks like. Uh, Ajani, ever the diplomat, manages to befriend these people and gain their allegiance in his crusade against Bolas. So he just like crashes down from the sky. This big cat man, who presumably they don't have a lot of in on Jund or in Jund, uh, it wakes up. Uh, facing like the leader of this clan and all the tribesmen, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I'm here to kill a god, a dragon god." And they're like, "Cool, we'll help." <laughs> <laughs> um, they also they had some. I think they traded favors a little bit. They had some other business that they wanted to deal with with some uh, Grixis folks. Um, and also, <laughs> are you, I, go ahead. You finished. You finished with those underpants. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Give me those. Uh, give me those. All right. Well, <laughs> well yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, you keep it. You hang on to that. Yeah. yeah. You guys have a wash closet and a waste bin. Uh, <laughs> they very much look like barbarians and stuff like that. So yeah. I think they kind of look like they want to fight anyways. Yeah, exactly. Red red is the color of like chaos and, and anger, essentially. Um, fiery red, uh, explosive red. So often red green are like, it's it's known as gruel, um, but they're they're often like barbarians and like wild savages and things like that. Okay, yeah. Um, it's not just like a very good card that is a thin, watery soup made of oatmeal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's too uh, bad. It uh, doesn't taste good, but it keeps you sustained. Um, <laughs> not really. Some sort of <laughs> machine in Victorian England, little kid. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they, they're like, okay, well, Johnny's like, I'll help you with your favor, which was, uh, I said it was um, to deal with Grixis, but it's, it's not. They had another red shaman that they needed to kill. Uh, so they they journey across Jund, uh, end up running into this shaman for for uh, Kresh, and then they uh, Johnny's like, well, I need to find Nicol Bolas, so let's go to Grixis. Let's, well, if he's not in Jund, if you say there's no giant, you know, magnetic dragon flying around in the sky, um, then we'll assume that he's not here, and let's go check the next shard. So they they journey to the border of Grixis, uh, which was I guess still kind of close. It's kind of unclear why. Grixis and Jund didn't separate as much as Jund and Naya. So he, he can take people through planes with him? No, no. So this is just walking. Like, this, that's what I mean. Like, they're just walking the shards. And I guess these shards are still relatively intact. So maybe it's like they've they've drifted, but it's not like the ocean where you can't see the other end. It's more just like a lake. And he's like, there's Grixis across the, you know, maelstrom. <laughs> it was winter, lake. like the Bering Strait. They could just get a, across, right? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> Uh, so they deal with the personal manner for Crash. Johnny prepares to cross to Grixis, uh, presumably by planeswalking or however else he might do it, when suddenly his oldest friend, Zaliki, arrived with Mael, a leader of the elves in tow. 
Uh, so you guys remember Zaliki? It was his only friend when he was a weird little white cat. Uh, yeah, she wouldn't shake her his hand in public, but she, they still liked each other. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, Zaliki arrives and says she needs a Johnny's help. Uh, it seems there was a horde of dragons on the loose led by none other than Sarkanvil. So they're like, hey, like, uh, we're from green. This is Mael. She's the leader of elves. She's kind of red and green, kind of more green, but they also have some elves living in the red here. So uh, they need help, which means we need your help. Could you lead us into uh, into battle against uh, Sarkanvil? Because you're a planeswalker and he's a planeswalker and it's dangerous for us. Uh, so he's like, okay, I was really hoping to find the killer of my brother. And, you know, deal with that whole bag. But I can help, I can help you with this. Um, I, I can help you kill the dragon people. And Zaliki's like, oh. It, so it turns out it wasn't Nicol Bolas uh, who killed his brother. Was uh, it her? It was, so Nicol Bolas, saying Nicol Bolas was just a ploy by Marisi to send Ajani to his death against the uh, god emperor of Madara. Um Marisi himself had sent Zaliki, Ajani's oldest friend, to kill Ajani's brother. Oh, man. Uh, no. Yeah. If he hadn't already planeswalked, this would be a great time to again, right? <laughs> That's a heartbreak. Yeah, I'm sad enough to have puberty twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so Zaliki, thinking she was doing well by her clan, because, again, Marisi himself, this like ancient figure who this methuselah figure like walks out of the bible and is like hey you know you gotta kill um jazal because he is he's a danger to the tribe essentially so she thinks she's doing well by her clan she was told by the wise marisi that jazal was a traitor and killing him was the only way to save the nakadal from the coming war zaliki obeyed uh marisi alive long after his natural life should have ended was alive by the power of bolas himself who kept him alive after he divided the powers of the Nakadal in a civil war centuries ago. So one thing about Nicol Bolas is he does think long-term. I couldn't find it stated explicitly or not explicitly that Nicol Bolas was the one who drove the Leonin apart because he had, uh, but I like to think Lorboy's canon, that he had plans for Alara for a long time, saw the opportunity to weaken one of the strongest factions on Alara, the Leonin, and said, you know what, let's create a civil war, let's divide them, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> So he recruited uh, Marisi. Let's put out a lot of propaganda on their Facebooks to divide them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> These lines got a lot of bananas and oh, yeah. oil, and I'm just going to fuck with that. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'll make up some uh, ridiculous prejudice about white lions that they... <laughs> but they'll, they'll just fucking eat that up. It'll just show up on their Facebook feeds, and they'll just be like, well, I agree with that. Uh, <laughs> read the article? No thanks. The headline's enough for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, so... Nico Bolas. Years before Nico Bolas, he's like, we never really thought it would get to this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Mister Mister Bolas, uh, do you know what email is? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, Mister Bolas, when I go on Facebook, I never seem to be getting notifications. Do you know why that is? Is are they are they uh, uh, sub subduing conservative voices on your platform? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so Marisi had been uh, kept alive by the power of uh, Nicol Bolas this whole time, convinced Aliki to kill Jazal. While Ajani was searching for uh, the killer, I guess Zaliki in the end, or, or Marisi, however you want to look at it, Zaliki had actually um, 
gained the knowledge of what, what she did. So she learned that it was just a play for power by Marisi in for Nico Bolas, and she killed killed Marisi. So she killed the the ancient Methuselah who had been running on uh, Nicol Bolas batteries all this time. How the hell did she not understand it was a play for power when she was sent to assassinate the leader of another tribe, though? Well, like, it, well, it wasn't another tribe. It was her tribe. and well, another tribe from Maurice's perspective. So I mean, Maurice was, like, tribalist. He was just, like, a hermit, and he was, like, living like a sage, and he was, and, like, again, this Methuselah figure came out of the Bible and said, like, hey, you know, uh, I had a, I prayed to God, and he told me that this guy was bad, and if you're, you know, a devout christian and methuselah Fine. comes up to you and says hey kill this guy's brother maybe you do it i don't know i'm not a devout christian toss uh, us or their fireplace it'll kill them at night don't worry about it yeah exactly um jesus will get his planeswalker spark and then it's, yeah. it's the bible yeah yeah <laughs> uh so uh zaliki kills marissi then when she sees a johnny asks him for his forgiveness Robbed of his vengeance, Ajani was even denied his moment of catharsis with Zaliki as your boy Bolas arrives to confront the assembled forces of Naya and Jund at just that time, pretty much. So uh, things are happening fast now, man. Uh, It's all... uh, Can he just, like, show up when he needs to? That's the type of guy who must make a a good entrance, though, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, Like the devil in Fantasia, I hope. Like that blooming flame thing, right? Yeah, precisely (laughs) like that. Like the genie in Aladdin. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I, 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 IP would make a great Nico Bolas in an animated film. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, I actually wrote down all of his uh, Nico Bolas's titles. I said one earlier: God Emperor of Madara, but there's also the Horned One, the Forever Serpent, the God Pharaoh of Amonkhet, the Dragon God, Nico Bolas. Um, <laughs> Forever Serpent is fun. Yeah, I, I don't know why. <laughs> Reminds me of, like, Danger Noodle or something. It's just kind of simple. I'm Defoeva Serpent. Let's look at your price, Nico Bolas. It's Defoeva Serpent. Yeah, best friends? <laughs> best friends forever, Serpent. Uh, BFFS. Uh, little break. It's like him that he gives you made of beads at camp. Yeah, yeah. It's a snake uh, that wraps around your arm and never stops because it goes on forever. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, Johnny's uh, not able to uh, hash things out with Zaliki uh, because the time is now. In front of them all, Nico Bolas consumed the magic of the Maelstrom, which had slowly been tearing their world apart and prepared to destroy them all with that power. Johnny, drawing on the powers of all the souls of Alara, severed their magical bonds and drew what power from the Maelstrom Maelstrom Bolas had left behind. Maelstrom Bolas was fucking me up. so he's like, I'm going to need everybody to uh, tap in here. I'm going to sever your magical bonds just for a moment. Just uh, need, to, need to borrow these. And he is also like, basically, Nico Bolas ha- is just like chugging his the, his Maelstrom shake. And uh, Ajani manages to sneak like a little straw in there. And is just like sipping out what Maelstrom power he can at the same time. Okay. I was imagining. Pulling- Wait, he's pulling from like all the souls around him to have this power too? Yeah, so again, he has spirit magic, so he's able to, like, manipulate people's spirits, essentially. Um, One of the crash guys is just making his coffee and, like, about to crack an egg over the fire. Yeah. <laughs> just drops it into his yeah, coffee yeah, because yeah. he's, like, stolen his soul out yeah, of yeah. it. Well, yeah. he, he cracks the egg into the into the coffee, but since he's red, the fire goes out because his magical powers are, are disabled. Uh, okay. But, uh, yeah, Johnny basically says, like, no, 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 no. You guys don't know how to use your magic better than me. Just, I'm taking it all. You guys just sit back and relax here, okay? He's like uh, power of friendshiping, basically. Yeah, sort of. exactly. Um, 
power of friendship and power of my old bullies that I didn't like that much. He, he's basically <laughs> he's just taken from everybody, basically. Um, okay. He uses the power that he he gains to summon an effigy of Bolus's own soul, the only thing powerful enough to banish Bolus from Alara. So he manages to stop him by summoning basically uh, a, another forever serpent. You know the there he Nicol Bolus had the uh, FS. A heart with like a jagged line through it and a Johnny managed to summon the BF so it was BFFS whenever they put them together okay, yeah. <laughs> best friends forever that's, serpent. that's so cool bro. that's so epic dude the baddest guy ever and then you like summon a copy of him to fight himself yeah. I hope he saved enough uh, mana to think of something clever to say <laughs> um, there, the artwork... just like the spirit of Nico Bolas turns towards Nico Bolas and just goes uh, <laughs> punches him in the face. <laughs> um, if you want to see uh, the artwork for um, for that, you can go to the Ajani. Uh, you can go to the Ajani wiki-, wiki page, or you can look up Ajani's Last Stand uh, from the M nineteen set, and it's got the the artwork of him doing that. It is like a lot of magic artwork, very cool. Uh, so he uh, manages to stop it. Uh, he manages to stop the, the Maelstrom from tearing apart the shards and Nicol Bolas gaining all this extra power. Uh, in the aftermath of the conflicts, Johnny was finally recognized for his, by his pride for the hero he was. He was offered the position of Ka, of course. Uh, despite all this, despite being offered the validation he had so long sought, Johnny realized that he had outgrown his podung hometown and he left his people in the care of his old friend and new betrayer, Zaliki. Like, hey. But also, fuck you guys. I didn't have to save multiple universes for you to respect me. I'm out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, more power to him. He's like, fuck yeah. this place. Uh, not worth my time. What, what am I going to fucking be the fucking tax guy in the new town? I'm going to fucking come asking for fucking alms for you guys? Fuck off, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Catch my own goddamn mice. Yeah. How yeah. many generations would it take until they just be racist against him again? Uh, too? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they'll so quickly forget. Yeah. Uh, so Johnny sets out into the multiverse. He's seeking out Elspeth. He wants to repay the debt he felt he owed her. Uh, he would find her, as we know, in a gladiator's arena in Urborg, facing off against Koth of the Hammer. Elspeth, after revealing a Phyrexian tattoo on Koth's non-mechanical arm, grew enraged and began to overwhelm Koth, intent on killing him. So th- that's how the last episode ended. Uh, yeah. Elspeth got into a fight. She saw he had a Phyrexian tattoo. She said, oh, I fucking hate the Phyrexians. They took everything from me. I'm going to kill you. Uh, the guy also had a mechanical arm, which a lot of Phyrexians are kind of machine flesh symbiotes. Ajani, however, saw an entirely different fight. He, of course, could peer into Koth's soul and saw that he was no Phyrexian menace come in service to them. So let's talk about Koth a bit. Koth was a human geomancer, which we said last time, and he is from the plane of Mirrodin, the plane of mathematical perfection originally created and stewarded by old Baldi himself, Karn. We've talked about this on past episodes as well. The Karn okay, episode, yeah. we talked about uh, the plane of mathematical perfection. Uh, it seems that after we left Karn on Mirrodin with the Mirari, uh, which you guys will remember we did a five-parter on, uh, people hunting the, the Mirari, basically a, a monkey's paw uh, MacGuffin, where you make a wish and it comes true, but in a horrible way. Uh which was and it's part of a it's created by like um, by Karn or it's part of Karn or something it was, it like that. It was created by Karn as a yeah. as a probe to keep an eye on Dominaria, the the right. central yeah. plane to Magic the Gathering, uh, which went awry and like broke somehow. Yeah, I wish that my people would never be thirsty again and the whole place floods. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. that's true. Um. So 
after we left Cardin on Mirrodin with the Mirari, he decides, this thing has caused nothing but good for me, so I'm going to turn it sentient, and I'm going to leave it in charge while I go explore the multiverse, because Karn is a planeswalker as well. Uh, so he, the Mirari is now going by the name Memnark. Uh, it has sentience, and it's basically a robot. Uh, the, and, and it's the villain in Dexter's lab. Oh, very good. Yeah. <laughs> or is that Mandark? <laughs> Maybe Mandark. Uh, Dexter's, Dexter's Lab lore coming soon. Uh, so the old Dom- fromage. Sorry. <laughs> the old Dominarian probe slowly went mad after Dad left the uh, Phyrexian oil cabinet unlocked. So uh, he's got like a liquor cabinet carn where he keeps all his uh, naughty things that the kids can't have. Uh, but he, he left it unlocked when he left the plane and left Memnark in charge. And uh, Memnark Mem- was only 17. Exactly. Memnark's like, I'm going to get totally wasted on Phyrexian vodka. Uh, <laughs> ends up going fully crazy. Uh, I would love to do a full episode on, on Memnark, but we'll talk a bit about it. Uh, the crazed robot wanted to be a planeswalker, like its creator, decided to turn Dad's workshop into a place teeming with food chains and environmental systems built to supply organisms that could potentially yield sparks. So Memnark's like... Uh, dad left me alone. I want to go see dad. Uh, the only way to do that is to learn how to planeswalk. Uh, so I'm going to, um, create the only things I know to naturally create planeswalker sparks, which are living things. Uh, Memnark would use... Oh, cause is, sorry, because he's not technically alive. He can't get a spark. Yeah, it's, uh, he's a robot. He's a sentient robot. Also, Ka- uh, okay. uh, Karn was also a sentient robot. He was created by Irza. Um, yeah, I remember that. Um, uh, called Old Baldy by Teferi. Listen to our past episodes on Magic the Gathering. Uh, <laughs> so Mem- Memnark would use uh, soul traps to abduct inhabitants from other planes. The abductions uh, went on for centuries. Um, once Memnark found such a potential planeswalker, uh, he would take its spark and implant it into himself to achieve planeswalker status. So he's basically, he's just like, with Karn's inventions, uh, one way or another, he is just like, fishing the multiverse for planeswalkers essentially he can't travel himself doesn't know how to swim but he's like i know how to catch fish though uh so he's just he's got these things called soul traps and he's just like abducting uh planeswalkers and trying to steal their sparks okay so he's got like some kind of magical radar that leads him to somebody and he what what, he just like keeps an eye on them until they have their spark uh, or does he He's, he's in like the inspector gadget world where he's just like go go gadget planeswalker trap and like a planeswalker trap shoots out of his chest essentially very okay good and god willing it's just a big it's it's a mechanical arm with a bunch of joints and like a white glove at the end and a net right (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) okay thank god uh one of those like like the the scissor extenders where it's like two opposing like triangles that close to like make (laughs) it longer um it really seems like that's not something that is gonna work out well though it's like trying to hold like take the beauty out of a flower by crushing it you know it's like you just destroyed yeah. what you were trying to take. Uh, yeah. Like like I said, like um Memnark like butterfly has, collection. Memnark has gone uh completely insane. Uh he's he's just he's lost it, essentially. Um he even at one point Karn uh tries to return. I, I don't ha- I don't have this written down, but Karn tries to return to a Mirrodin, but Memnark blocks him off, like prevents him from planeswalking to Mirrodin. Because he's oh, he con- changed the locks, basically, on yeah. the realm or whatever? But because Memnark is convinced that Karn is already there. Like, he's just gone crazy, and he's like, no, oh. no, no, you're not dad. Dad's already here. I'm not allowed to let strangers in. Uh, okay. Okay. Mean- meanwhile, it- meanwhile, it's my art that he thinks is his father, like my picture of Karn. He's <laughs> like, my dad's already here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so 
like I said before, too, he's like creating ecological systems. He's like adding biological life to to Mirrodin. And it's so it's through this process that humans eventually appear on Mirrodin. Uh, eventually, Koth uh, would be born there. Um, so his Planeswalker Spark ignited when the tribes and this I, I wrote this down because it is so fantastically mundane compared to just the, this paragraph is so fantastically mundane to some of the other Planeswalker Sparks. Uh, his spark ignited when the tribes of his once peaceful people fell into open war for the first time in generations. The metal they had traditionally mined from the mountains uh, from the Oxidi, something called the Oxida chain, became strangely corrupted. The ingots forged by the Anvil tribe turned brittle and inconsistent. So they just go to war because the metal went bad. So they're just like, and they start blaming each other. And this is just enough to ignite his Planeswalker spark. <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, each each tribe blamed the others for the weakness of their sacred ore, and old hatreds begin to reemerge. Koth believes he could use his ability to purify the ore, and with Koth's help, the solidity of the metal was restored, and the skirmishes, skirmishes between the tribes slowed. So that's like, I mean, Koth's per- personal, right? So it's like <laughs> it's not every, not everybody can be tormented by Phyrexian horrors. It's, like, per- it's maybe, personal and it's relative. <laughs> maybe the worst thing that happened to you today was you got a double double yolk egg in your coffee this morning, and it just overflowed uh, a bit, right? Just like fuck up your breakfast. Well, but you get two yolks, so. Double, but you got to spill the cleanup. Double the fatty goodness. Really bad. <laughs> really bad for my heartburn. Uh, so, uh, Koth, seeing himself as now, of course, as somewhat of a leader of his people, he's like, "No, no, no! I fixed the metal. Don't worry about it." Uh, he sees a new threat approaching. Uh, what What was wrong with the metal? It's not exactly clear, but maybe there's a certain black tide sweeping through the multiverse, which may have found Mirrodin. Uh, so Mirrodin, the, uh, what was once known as Argentum, the, uh, plane of mathematical perfection becomes Mirrodin, uh, will eventually be rebranded once more as new Phyrexia. Um, okay. Well, I mean, you have, that was going to be my second guess. I wanted to default to Nico Bolas, but the Phyrexian horrors, like I said, found the mathematical perfection. Yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) I mean, mathematical perfection, all these different, uh, tools, gadgets, like, you know, go, go gadget, uh, plane invader tool, uh, go go gadget, uh, disease spreader, like whatever you want is there in the plane of right. mathematical perfection. So they're like, hey, this is really great. Phyrexia was, you know, kind of attacked by other things, which we can get to on a, on another uh, podcast. But um, basically, his his world is is dying to the Phyrexians, or he knows it's going to die to the Phyrexians. Um, when it became obvious that they could not turn the tide against the ocelot onslaught, Koth branded the insignia <laughs> of the ocelot. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> One uh, small cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of big cat. Um, not as big as a lion, mind you. Uh, welcome to Cat Facts. <laughs> so, <laughs> Doesn't have the abs. <laughs> when it becomes obvious that they couldn't turn the, could not turn the tide against the onslaught, Koth branded the insignia of the enemy into his arm as a promise to his people that he would return to save them before he was forced to place oh, walk away okay. from his home. So it was like a memento thing. Uh, more yeah. than not to reference movies all night, but it was yeah. like a memento thing that that he did to like he like got the tattoo to like never five get sort of thing. Wait, he has a tattoo in memento. What, <laughs> dude? Yeah, not not just Polaroids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he yeah he he planes walks away. Um, he journeys for a time searching for a means of stopping the Phyrexians. Um, when a mysterious stranger, uh, literally just that's that's all all I could find on it was mysterious stranger. Uh, points him in the direction of the gladiatorial pits in Urborg. I promise I'm not being coy and saving that for a future episode. There's not going to be some like, and the guy was actually a Johnny from the future who had traveled back in time to stop Biff from fucking his mom. 
Uh, <laughs> dude, that was so good in Memento when that happened. <laughs> uh, Don't trust his lies as a picture of Biff from Back to the Future. <laughs> oh, that was very good. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's a uh, it's a mysterious stranger. Tm tm tm. Uh, who's like, you got to go to this place called Urborg, uh, where there's these gladiatorial pits. Um, so it's unclear if he, if the mysterious stranger told him, like, look for a girl named Elspeth, or if he uh, was, like, in the gladiatorial showers and was like, hey, guys, tough fights today. You know anyone who really hates Phyrexians? Um, <laughs> or, or if it was just like, hey, one, one planeswalker to another. I'm looking at her. She probably hates Phyrexians. Um, like, it was just a, a kindred spirit thing. But he... He knows he, he needs to meet her, so he arranges the a meeting with her the only way that he can because... On the sign-up sheet on the corkboard outside. Exactly, obviously. in the blood pits. Uh, Elspeth yeah. was still full emo. That's why she came here. Right. Um, so he's like, she's like, I'm not going to talk to you. If you want to talk, we can talk with our fists in the fighting match. Okay? So see you out there. Koth uh, gets into the ring. He's like, well, I'm not going to fight back. I just want to... I seriously just want to talk to you. Don't want to talk with my fists. want to talk with my mouth. Um... Uh, so he's not fighting back, but she doesn't seem to care because she's like, I'm super emo, and this is like fine for me. This could be like my tragic hero downfall. Um, <laughs> eventually, she hits him in the arm, reveals the mark, and as we know, goes crazy. Yeah. Uh, after Johnny stops the fight, the Nakadal informed Elspeth that he had been tracking her, hoping to convince her to return to Bant. He scolded her, telling her that there was no honor in what she was doing. Young lady, you're not doing right by me. Uh, Gladiatorial pits, No. Bad. Yeah. Come on, Elspeth. Else, come on, you're better than this. Come on. He sprays her in the face with a water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like a cat man. Oh, it's just like in you know. uh, Ghost in the Darkness when the guy does that to the lion. But I, this is a reverse yes. Ghost in the Darkness. So. Before he is slaughtered. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, they got that like trap with like the, the metal door that slides down behind the lion, and the three guys all got spray bottles and they're just squirting the lion. Spray bottles. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Memento. I'm confused. <laughs> Don't uh, trust his lions. <laughs> so, um,. Johnny's like, hey, you can still help Bant. Um, it still needs you. Just come back and stop wasting away in a place like Urborg. You know, I owe you this because you did me a favor. His pleas, however, would fall on deaf ears. Elspeth was without hope, and she sent him away. There's, she's like, there's no point. Fighting is inevitable. The Phyrexians are going to come. They're going to destroy everything anyway. So we got a sad kitty. He's like, okay, uh, this is the last thing I'm going to do for you. And he, he returns her armor to her. Uh, the armor that she had wore in her fight against Malfagor that she when she had left her old life behind. She's like, I don't want any remnants of it. He's like, here you go. Here's a here's something to remember your time on Bant by. Uh, later that night, uh, Elspeth finds Koth. Uh, he he was like, how do you know what this mark is? Um, and she's like, I'm not going to tell you that. Uh, so he's like, okay, well, I'll start then. I'll tell you about my homeland and how it was destroyed by the Phyrexians and I vowed to stop them. Uh, and she's like, okay, well, that's all right. You might be okay. Uh, so they... Yeah, you sound like good people, actually. I'm sorry <laughs> yeah. I was so hostile earlier. Exactly. So uh, where Ajani couldn't couldn't bring her out of her shell, Koth seems to be doing a better job. He takes her to a place called the Tomb of the Flesh. I'll let your imagination fill out what it is. Uh, they spoke of their homes, of the places they cherished, and once more, Elspeth lamented Bant's fate. Koth used his geomancy to create a path to the tome, and conjuring a light, Elspeth saw a haunting image from her past, and once more, terrified and chilled, fled into the dark corners of the world. Um, it's not clear what she saw, but she just saw something. Geomancy means he controls rocks and shit, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay. That's Uh, the highest paid job, right? 
Uh, yeah, he's gonna be a <laughs> he's gonna be a gajillionaire. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think geologist is a really high paid job. But I was just thinking he's the GEO of a company. Oh, would have been better. Would have been better <laughs> That's than what I thought. Jamie's joke was whatever I was like, the hell oh. I was trying to do. <laughs> uh, she, so she he he makes a bridge out of stone, and she's like, "That's a cool trick. I can make light." Uh, so she makes light. She sees a shadow. She's like. Damn, that shadow against that skull reminds me of all the death and destruction that I've seen. I gotta leave this place. So she leaves. Uh, Koth chases after her, and he's like, "Just come with me into this this temple. We're gonna we're gonna fix this." Uh, they go to a place called the Heroes Memorial. Here in cool. the temple, Koth communed with the stone altar, uh, and you know when you pray to God, what does God do? He answers. Uh, so every time, yeah, <laughs> every single time. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it's it's slow to arrive. But he, he gets an answer, and, and basically this temple tells him, you need to find a man named Venser. And I think that's where we'll we'll wrap this story up. Hopefully okay, I can wrap this up in a, a few more. I don't know if it'll be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Who knows? Um, Maybe it'll just be 2021 is, is Magic the Gathering and other shit, the ex- podcast. Yeah. Exactly. So next episode, we're going to begin the quest for Karn. Because uh, we need to, uh, we need to bring the get the get the band back together, you know. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, you know, Spencer, not enough for that guy's parents. Yeah, gotta go with Spencer. Yeah. Come on, Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? Spencer, <laughs> Spencer, come on. Okay. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, I don't know if this was rowdier than usual. It feels like it was rowdier than usual, but I, I hope it was enjoyable for you. Thanks, everyone, for keeping up with us and uh, just keeping in touch with us and keeping this all worthwhile doing. Uh, just just listening is the greatest gift you can give. The second greatest gift is telling your friends and leaving a review. Uh, the third greatest gift is probably sending us an email uh, to read on air. Uh, keep them coming at contact at lordboys.com. We're saving them up for something special, as you guys know. I think we said that it was supposed to come out uh, already, but it hasn't, obviously. So uh, it'll come out eventually. So it's never too late to keep sending stuff in uh, until it is too late, which is probably once the episode is out. And (laughs) fourth greatest gift is Folgers Coffee, sponsored by Folgers Coffee. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Folgers Coffee. It's not like that stuff that a cat shit out, but it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> on the subject of ocelots yeah <laughs> uh, i think they're caracals but um so yeah everybody uh tell tell your friends leave us a review i've been your host ethan palmer uh you can message me on twitter i deleted twitter off my phone so uh new year new me um if you want to get in touch with me come to the discord it's the best way to do it you go loreboys.com slash about or slash contact i don't know which one it is anymore because our site has changed uh and i don't think any of us ever fixed it um i've been completely incommunicado for two weeks uh but you can find me on the discord uh you can figure out a way to get there i'm sure about, about still works by the way uh loreboys.com yeah. slash about you can find the discord uh jamie i assume you're also reachable on the discord but is there anything you'd like to plug or chat out uh yeah you can come and find me on the discord like uh we're doing a lot of chats there we we've had a lot of fun discussions so just get in that discord it's the best way to keep in contact with all of us i think Nice. And Peter, what about you, buddy? You mean other than Discord? Uh, the only uh, valuable thing that I have to plug is because uh, I also loathe Twitter, uh, is Loreboys Podcast on Instagram. Uh, you can send us messages. I love interacting with people. I wanted to give one guy a quick shout out and curse his dirty name. Uh, Joey M. 
uh, because he was like, yo, you still play Warframe? And I was like, no. And then <laughs> proceeded to play Warframe for about five days straight. So fuck, <laughs> fuck you, Joey. Right. I didn't get a whole lot of work done. Hey, we're all we're all relaxing. <laughs> I'm, playing, I'm playing League of Legends again, so we're all relaxing. Oh, no. <laughs> I never stopped playing WoW. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a relapse if you never quit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks to Terry for uh, the Steam gifts as well. You can find me J Milk J A Y M I L K sixty four on Steam. Uh, if you want to buy him games? <laughs> yeah, Project Winter and Balloons TD, which I've had fun with both of those. So send uh, me games, I'll play. Them. Fol- Folgers Coffee. It's not a relapse if you never quit. Um, so <laughs> uh, I said it before. There's a few people who support us on Patreon. Terry's uh, our top tier patron. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll say thank you, Terry, as well. Like we do most weeks. Uh, for your continued support, everybody in the Patreon, it means the, the world to us. But if you want to support us and you don't trust uh, Patreon, we do have some exciting things coming up for you. So you guys know that we're the inventors of radio uh, and and kind of by proxy, we're the inventors of radio shows and podcasts, I guess, if you think about it. Um, so we have some, a lot of exciting projects coming up and we want you guys to be in on this. So we are starting our search for a star. That's right. The lore boys are looking for the the middle toe, I don't know which toe you're gonna fit in as. I kind of want the pinky. Uh, Peter's already got the the big toe, and Jamie's butt yeah. flap. So, uh, how about like they could be the the bad guy of the show, and they're the heel. Oh, okay. Well, we still got a lot of workshop good. to do. But if you want to be yeah. the Lore Boys heel, then you could re- get at us at uh, uh, Lore Boys Prime, uh, which I'm sure we have a link to somewhere on our site. Just keep looking. Just keep clicking clicking buttons on our website. I'm sure it'll come up eventually. Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and we will uh, be taking uh, video applications. So you can uh, email us those. You can email us your uh, your written applications as well. Um, and and we are looking for really the fourth lore boy uh, for the radio. You know, so uh, it's very exciting. And we hope to hear from you all. And I think that constitutes a lore boys. Lore boys. Lore boys. Out. Oot. Uh, Happy New Year. If you use our calendar. <laughs> oh, I didn't check. Maybe they announced the Monster Hunter demo. Hey, so you've oh, had that a, is super cute. You've Holy had shit. enough with Vikings, hmm? Well, maybe zombies. Oh. Had enough of them too, huh? Have you thought about <laughs> Viking zombies? <laughs> I would love for a Rainbow Six to be set in like Norway and all the like <laughs> all the zombies are have like super accents. <laughs> uh, brains, please. <laughs> Take this um, brain, bury it in some sand, and let it rot for three months. <laughs> then put it in a can, and YouTubers will eat it. <laughs> I have to take apart the couch and clean it. I guess it's like gunked up the whole pillow. Gonna have Nasty. to take apart the couch. That could be a song. You write a song about that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, I'm not operating on a lot of sleep today, so... <laughs> that's, a, no, that's a quality joke. I'll, uh... <laughs> ah, thank you. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 